On today's show, the Giannis contract situation already being spoken about. Nobody is surprised, but should there even be any panic at this point in time when it comes to Giannis and his time in Milwaukee? I've got some thoughts, so I'm going to discuss that. The in-season tournament, we haven't broken that down yet on this show. I was probably slow to the party in getting behind this idea for this regular season coming up. We'll talk about what it looks like, what's going to happen, who's in the group for the Bucks, and overall, I'm going to ask you guys... How you feel about the introduction of an in-season tournament? Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning, fading shot. Up, good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win on this show Monday to Friday and also find my work over at ESPN. Riding solo today with a few ideas. And you know what? That happens uh, when I'm riding solo. I'm asking you all the questions and you're going to tell me how you feel about it and really get involved with the show because that's what we appreciate. And we appreciate you all watching and listening Monday to Friday. And if you're an everyday, I ride through the off season, you have got some serious commitment and we appreciate you guys. So if you haven't got involved yet, or maybe you're catching the show for the first time today, uh, drop a comment, a like, subscribe, rate, review, all those things that you can do uh, with your favorite podcasts and digital shows, because we appreciate it. It's free to do and uh, it helps the show and the show continues to grow even through the off season. So we appreciate you all for that. Uh, I mentioned we're going to talk about Giannis today. We're also going to talk about the in-season tournament. So a few topics to get through. Uh, Coming up first, the Bucks. And the Miami Heat tomorrow. Looking for a little bit of Summer League bounce-back action. That would be nice. A pretty disastrous outing against the Brooklyn Nets uh, yesterday as I'm recording this. So they'll be looking to bounce back 2-1 and one in Las Vegas so far. I think there's going to be another game. Out of all my years covering Summer League, I still can't figure out when or how or what is going to happen next for the Bucks. But certainly a game tomorrow, I believe they'll probably have one. Uh, across the weekend as well. Uh, two and one so far, as I said. And maybe a little bit of a revenge game against the Miami Heat. So that's a 4.30 p.m. Central Time tip-off on the Friday afternoon. Maybe you're just knocking off work, but uh, we'll have a post-game show for you, of course. And of course, it's Thursday. I can't remember what day of the week it is. But anyway, we'll have a post-game show for you on Locked on Bucks, so make sure you have it locked here. So uh, I'm going through and I'm listening to my other shows and I'm watching TV and I'm consuming all the NBA content that I do on a daily basis. And really, there's not much talk about the Bucks, And we've come to expect this over the last few years. And I haven't even blamed these national outlets for not talking about Milwaukee as much. I know the fans would want it. Uh, but there just hasn't been a lot going on with the Bucks last year, some health stuff. But overall, no drama team and no nonsense team. A superstar in Giannis that leads from the front and creates no drama. The biggest drama he creates is whether or not his dad jokes are, are up to scratch on a daily basis. So that's basically what you're looking at uh, when it comes to Giannis and the Bucks. So I've always understood why they're not spoken about, but we are going to hear more and more over the next few months, and it's already started, about Giannis and his contract situation. Uh, he is eligible to extend this summer. 
discussed it a little bit on the show. I don't really understand why he would. If you look at his contract situation right now, he's owed twenty, uh, sorry, forty-five point six million dollars this year in twenty-three, twenty-four. Next year, forty-eight point seven, and then in the twenty twenty-five, twenty-six season, he'll be turning thirty-one, which is sad to even think about. And he'll be owed around fifty-two million dollars a player option there. Although you would suspect that a player of his caliber. All things being equal, he'll extend sometime before that. So if we look at the timeline of when he extended last time, and I remember being in Milwaukee, so this was the the 2019-20 season, and even if you backtrack to the Eastern Conference Finals loss in May of 2019, that's when we first started to see some stories about, what's Giannis going to do moving forward? He'd signed his original extension, but this was moving into the Supermax territory, It was the first time that he'd been an MVP caliber player. So this became big news. I think there was this general sense that a superstar player, an MVP is going to stay in Milwaukee. That seems crazy. That's never really happened before. But Giannis is different as we understand. And I remember being around the team on a daily basis. And we used to discuss it a little bit with the guys that were based in Milwaukee and probably knew Giannis a little bit better. And there would be different reporters and oftentimes the road team would come in And we already understood Giannis was not going to talk about the contract situation. He was eligible to extend again uh, in that coming off season. And he just shook his head, even looked a little bit frustrated. And this is not something you really see from Giannis because he's typically so polite and so engaging with the media. But this was just not something that he wanted to talk about. But it would be asked all the time. And I don't know whether this is true or not, but I've always had this sense with Giannis that And I can't relate to really much about Giannis. That's for damn sure. But I'm stubborn. And I do have this feeling in myself with different things that I like to do. If someone says I can't do something, I'll believe that I can. If someone assumes that I'm going to do something, I might push back on it. And I don't know. This is just me from the outside looking at Giannis. But I think he likes the idea, or he might push back against the idea of people say, well, he's going to leave. Why would he stay in Milwaukee? He's going to go to a big city. If the Bucs don't do this, if the Bucs don't do that, he's going to be out of there. So I never really, and this is just my own personal opinion, but I never really care too much about the conversation that goes on or the narrative that goes on. Because it might even get to the point where it pushes him in the other direction and he's like, you know what, screw this. I'm staying in Milwaukee. And I felt that there was a little bit of that in 2019-20. Because if you think about how that season went down and it was interrupted and it was COVID and it was a disastrous finish to the season with the Bucs going out to Miami in very weird circumstances in the bubble. But there was a genuine concern, I think, at that point because we just hadn't been there before. But the Bucs were able to make a trade for Drew Holiday and Giannis ultimately signed before the December 15 deadline that season, which was prior to uh, the season tipping off. Obviously, a, a late start there. But he got it done. And he still had a year on his deal. He didn't have to get the contract signed. He just needed to sign it before that deadline date in December. And then the Bucs went on to win a title, as you all know, before the extension kicked in. So he's still got two years now. I think that there's a fine balance. And I can say that I believe that Giannis would stay. But I also think that he's well within his rights as a superstar of this team to continue to put pressure on the organization. So John Hall spoke with The Athletic yesterday or a couple of days ago now. We mentioned some of the conversation on the show. 
But I did have a couple of quotes. And the first one is a little bit of a nothing quote, but it's about the idea of the extension for Giannis this offseason. And Horst said, that's our job. He's the most incredible human superstar teammate, leader in all of sports. We're incredibly blessed to have him. It's awesome responsibility to win and compete every year to be in a position to keep him. I think that's my job and that's my responsibility. It's my opportunity and his opportunity and the team's opportunity. So lots of just random words here. And I didn't think ultimately this answer provided a lot. I don't think we would expect a lot. But the idea of using the word responsibility at least makes me feel pretty good about it because uh, this is a team that should feel pressure. Yes, they got through this offseason and made some moves that they have to make, and I want to get to that next. But again, we keep talking about it. The idea of this organization being under pressure is a good thing. I don't think there should be any panic about Giannis and what he's going to do. Maybe if the Bucs didn't have a title, things would be a little bit different. But the fact they have got a title in the bank, and now there is, a, again, a willingness to prove people wrong, who might say that the Bucs are over the hill, who might think that this team can't get it done. I think that's the type of challenge that Giannis thrives on. And that's the type of challenge that this team uh, can really pursue this year. And then maybe, as I'm about to get to next, there might be some change moving forward. But ultimately, the Giannis conversation is going to continue. If you're a Bucs fan, this is absolutely nothing new. I was probably more stressed three years ago than I am right now. I feel in a pretty comfortable position with all this. And ultimately, I just wouldn't get myself too worked up about what you're going to hear in the news even if it's unfortunate that that's the only time you'll hear about the Bucks, So we're going to get to uh, some more stuff regarding Giannis and the contracts coming up here next. But first, our friends at BetterHelp are sponsoring today's podcast. And uh, there are tough choices, tough decisions we have to make in life. And sometimes that can really stress you out. It might be around your career. It might be about relationships, other areas of life. But sometimes you might not feel like you have someone to talk to and therapy can help you stay connected to what you really want uh, while you navigate some of those life decisions. I've mentioned it before, but for me, a lot of it's been career-wise, moving over the world, quitting other jobs, not really sure that I'm making the right decisions and sometimes just venting, talking to someone and not worrying about what they're going to think or how they're going to judge you can just be really, really helpful. So that's how I've found it uh, in the past. And if you are thinking about starting therapy, then you should give better help a try it's entirely online designed to be convenient flexible and suited to your schedule just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge let therapy be your map with better help visit betterhelp.com slash locked on nba today to get 10 percent off your first month that's betterhelp h-e-l-p.com slash locked on nba So John Horst was also asked, and don't forget, post-game podcast tomorrow, Bucks and Heat, 4.30 p.m. Central Time tip-off, the fourth game of Summer League. Looking for a bounce back for the Bucks. We'll be with you after that game on Locked on Bucks, so make sure you follow, subscribe, and do everything you need to do to ensure you get that content and you give us your thoughts about what the Bucks are doing in Las Vegas. And as for today's show, give me all your thoughts about Giannis, where your stress level is out of 10 about a potential contract and maybe if you're just flat out annoyed about this being a conversation already, I wouldn't get too worked up, as I said, because I don't think that it's going to go away anywhere. This is going to be something that's going to stick with the Bucs uh, for quite a while. But if you look at the overall situation, the next quote I've got here from John Horst was based around the idea of the timeline for this team. And I think this was one of the big bonuses of the way the Bucs were able to manufacture their business 
over the last couple of weeks with the length of the contract with Brooke Lopez and Chris Middleton. The Bucks were tied into a corner. We definitely discussed on this show last year, is this going to be a last run for this Bucks team? Could there be a chance that one of the core players on this roster from the championship team leave? You get Brooke Lopez for only a two-year deal. To me, I know the money, whatever. If you think that it's a few million dollars too, too much, that's totally fine. I don't really care. He played his best basketball of his career last year. It's a two-year deal. I'm very confident he's still, still going to play to a high level during that period. And as for Chris Milton, where there might be more question marks from some fans of the Bucks, to me, two years plus a player option there, very friendly financial deal for Chris Middleton. I've spoken about the idea that last year was just so disrupted with the health stuff. I still think that this team, first of all, didn't have many other options this offseason. Secondly, I think they're in a fine spot to compete. There's still some holes on the roster. We've discussed the backup point guard ad nauseum, but right now, as it currently stands, they've got time to potentially make some moves down the line. Whether or not that happens before the regular season, we'll see. But I like the fact that the timeline is crunched in here. But again, it opens up the opportunity that this could be a last run, maximum maybe two years with this core that they have got. Keeping in mind that Drew Holiday this year, $35 million there and a player option for next year around $37.4 million as well. So you know, we'll see whether we get to the end of this year. Drew Holiday does want to extend and he wants to add a further couple of years to his career. Would he opt into the player option? I dare say... Uh, that's going to be a conversation we're going to have right throughout the season. But John Horst was asked about the transition for this roster. He said, I think there's obviously an eye to the future and there's an eye to figure out how we continue to build this thing so we can sustain the window. That's what we've talked about since day one. He discusses the idea of the initial window where they didn't win a title, but this team was emerging. The second window was where they've won the title. And he feels like the Bucks now need to maximize uh, the second window, which he believes they're still in, and the third window will come probably in the post Brook Lopez, maybe post Drew Holiday era moving forward as well. The difficult thing for the Bucks is when you go all in with the idea of winning a title with Drew Holiday, you give up a bunch of draft picks, there's limited assets. Can you bring in young guys? Can you hit late in the draft with an Andre Jackson Jr., maybe a Chris Livingston with the last pick in the draft? And that feels like it would be very optimistic based on what we've seen through history, is Marjon Bochamp a rotation player? These are the challenges that are facing the Bucks right now. And when it comes back to the Giannis decision, that is the only big difference to where they were last time. Last time they had guys that were still very much in their prime. They were able to pull those assets and get the difference maker in Drew Holiday to get you over the hill. So again, while I think that Giannis is the type of guy that sees the challenge and says, I'm not leaving. Milwaukee's done a lot for me. I love this city. This is the place where I won. I think I can become the leader of a team and the first two-time champion as an MVP for this franchise. I think those things do matter. So I, again, I'm not stressed about the Giannis situation. I understand why it's a conversation, but this will be the fascinating part. Can the Bucks hit on one of those, one or two of those young players? Do they make a trade this year and how do they utilize that future first-round draft pick in 2029? Because they are at the point now where they cannot afford to make any mistakes. And that's what John Horst is talking about. This is significantly challenging. Uh, you can't hit on every transaction you make. I think the Bucks have done an excellent job of building this contending team and extending a window which puts this and really rivals 
the most successful eras in this franchise history when you include the the title. But these things often don't last in terms of absolute contention and winning separate separate titles with a main core years apart. There has to be turnover. The Bucks have limited room to move, uh, but it is going to be one of the big talking points throughout this regular season for this Bucks team. Number one thing is health. If they're healthy, I think they can contend. Uh, but again, as I continue to say, I'm totally fine with the Bucks understanding that they can't mess it up, but they probably have to have the urgency to make some more moves down the road. So it might continue to be a talking point when it comes to what could happen uh, with Giannis and his franchise. Let me know how you're feeling about it and what you think the Bucks should do moving forward. It's probably another one or two year window with this core. And then what's the answer? Where do you get the next group from? Because the one thing that I think that we can all agree on is that the Bucks do need to be a really competitive and contending team to help Giannis maximize his career as well. There's a duty of responsibility, as John Horse mentioned, for Giannis and what could happen moving forward. Uh, the in-season tournament, uh, let's get to that next. And I just wanted to quickly reference one last point from that John Horst interview. This one was actually with the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. John Horst referenced the idea that the Bucks were going to be over the second apron this season, as always, I defer to Frank Madden when it comes to cap stuff. Certainly by Frank Madden's cap sheet, the Bucks, as it currently stands, probably going to come in a little under the second apron. But Frank has pointed out on this show before and certainly on Twitter last night as well that there could be some different figures there in regards to some of the incentives, whether it's Chris Middleton and his deal, uh, Drew Holiday's contract, as we know, over the years has been uh, kind of filled with some in, uh, incentives there, whether they're unlikely or likely as well. And those figures do count on the cap. So I don't think there's anything unreported or I don't think there's been any mistakes there, certainly from what I can see. It's just uh, perhaps some of those figures that aren't quite public just yet that maybe push the bucks over the second apron. And this stuff is really confusing. And I know everyone's trying to wrap their heads around the new CBA and what all this means. But essentially for the bucks, if they were over the second apron, they weren't going to use the taxpayer mid-level exception anyway. So it doesn't really matter a lot outside of uh, some extra dollars paid by the bucks. So I, I don't think at this point that there's anything sneaky going on there. But uh, if you're a Bucks fan, again, if the... If the team is willing to pay for these plays and pay for the roster, I don't think there is any reason to complain about that. All right, in-season tournament coming up next. I'm fascinated to know how you all feel about this. But first, Bird Dogs. Oh, I mentioned last night, I went uh, axe throwing for the first time. And I made a bit of a mistake. It was cold here in winter. I had jeans on. I wasn't comfortable. The mobility wasn't there. And I just spent my whole time tossing these axes into a wall thinking if I had Bird Dog shorts on, the movement would be great. The versatility, the flexibility, and overall comfort would have had me uh, potentially breaking some records with the old axe throwing. So uh, we know with bird dogs, they do the exact same thing as Lululemon. You might know about Lululemon, but uh, the bird dogs fit way better. They fit better than regular shorts as well because uh, those regular style shorts, stiff, restricting cotton, bird dogs has got the cloud knit fabric that they've invented that looks just like khaki but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice the movement uh, or the look. And that's the main thing. They look cool as well. So go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA or enter the promo code LockedOnNBA for a free Yeti-style tumbler. That's birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA. 
or use the promo code Locked On NBA for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We can promise you that. In season tournament time, and I mentioned this off the top, I was probably a little bit slow to come on board with the in season tournament. And this is a weird thing because I've said this all the time. I'm watching basketball every single night as it is. So what do I care how many games are in the regular season? We do a post-game podcast. We do a million podcasts a year here. And I'm watching every single second of the Bucks games. But I totally understand why through the December, January, particularly with a lot of our listeners might be NFL fans, Packers fans. You can get a little bit over it. Maybe those midweek games don't mean as much to you, I, I, particularly with the Bucks team that we know ultimately is going to be thereabouts at the end of the regular season. Maybe you think you can tune in in February. So I, I get why the NBA is doing this. You can have your thoughts that perhaps they should just reduce the games, but ultimately money wins. We know that. And that's why we're getting this in-season tournament. So let's go through some of the rules just in case you haven't caught up. And this is where I find it interesting so between november 3 and november 28 so actually pretty early in the regular season we're going to have tournament nights which is group play games and this is what i love these are just regular games but they count for the play-in tournament or the in-season tournament so you might be sitting back and thinking to yourself uh where do these games fit in the regular season but you're still working towards your playoff seeding. These games absolutely matter, but they've got a little bit of extra juice because they're in the in-season tournament. From December 4 to 5, you'll then have a bracket knockout style, eight teams left, quarterfinals on December 4 and 5, the semifinals December 7 in Las Vegas, and then the NBA Cup, the championship game, December 9. So ultimately, this is all going to be done within one month. And the more I think about it, you can't tell me that we're not going to have a little bit of extra juice on the Lockdown Bucks podcast if Milwaukee wins through to the final eight, is playing in a quarterfinal, then playing in a semifinal, going to Vegas. I'll probably be there in Vegas. Who knows? You can't tell me there's not going to be an ex- a bit of extra juice. Now, what does it actually mean if you win this tournament? You're not going to be in tears. You're not going to be crying like you perhaps were after the Bucks won the NBA championship, but it's still cool, right? And if you can add some incentive to the middle of the regular season, I'm all on board. I said I was slow with this, but I, I think this is awesome. I think people will tune in. I think people will be excited. And let's face it, I'm not a big fan of Vegas, but I guarantee you there will be fans that will jump on a plane and use the excuse to go watch the Bucks in the Final Four of the Las Vegas NBA Cup. So I'm all on board. As far as the group goes, if we have a look who the Bucks have got, and I think this is pretty favorable. In East Group B, the Bucks have got the Knicks, the Heat, the Washington Wizards and the Charlotte Hornets. So obviously the Knicks and uh, the Heat played in the postseason last year. We don't expect big things from the Wizards or the Charlotte Hornets uh, this season. So who knows with the Knicks? But you would think the Bucks would go in favorites in that East Group B and they'll get through to the knockout stage. So is it too early to start talking about favorable groups in the NBA Cup? I'm not 100% sure, but I was watching the... The draw, and uh, geez, they put on a show on ESPN. They uh, did not hold back when it came to the in-season tournament. But I'm invested. I'm going to be in this. I think the Bucks have got a great path to get through to the knockout stage. And I think uh, if we can have anything 
in the middle of uh, late November, early December, after the opening night, excitement kind of wears off a little bit. It sort of pushes you through to the Christmas period. And then before you know it, you're going to be at the all-star break and the trade deadline and those types of things. So I'm on board. Just a quick discussion there. I wanted to bring it up and at least uh, read the groups out because we haven't done that so far. But let us know what you think uh, from all of today's show. The Giannis chatter, of course. What's next for this Milwaukee Bucks roster? And then the in-season tournament. It'll be a surprise to no one that I'm... I'm an optimist when it comes to most of these things we've discussed today, but you don't have to be. So let us know how you're feeling in the YouTube comments about everything we've discussed on today's show. Like I said, Bucks and Heat tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning for me, a very early start for me. 4.30 p.m. Central Time Thursday night. I'll get my days right. Bucks and Heat will be back after the game. And uh, hopefully the Bucks extend and improve their Vegas record to three and one. I appreciate your support on the show today. Get involved. Follow rating, review, subscribe, comment. It helps us all. We'll see you after the game.